0: This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hiya, Bobby.
1: Hi, Ken.
2: You want to go for a ride?
1: Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby.
0: Plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair. Undress me everywhere. Imagination. Life is your creation. Come on, Barbie. What
2: Let's go. me and you. Air horn <laughs> sounds. Oh, wait. No, Jay, I'm sorry. I forbid you from doing uh, sound effects. So, let me give you the opportunity to make air horn sounds. And go. blah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I loved that. It's well. It was well worth the build-up. Um, it, really? it was. You
1: know what? I feel like a child again. Just do you sound
2: because you're behaving happy. like a child. Pull oh, yourself together, man. Shut up. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> um, guys, I'm so J- <laughs> Jay has left the podcast. Everyone, I'm oh. so sorry. Welcome to High Five with Mia and Q. Um, <laughs> I'm back. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Yay. never listen to us i'm out of timeout. um so guys i'm super pumped to talk about this one uh you three or you three me and you guys we three are we are all fans of quote kids movies oh love them i have had plenty of people throughout my life be like uh q wait a minute you saw frozen 2 oh it was because of your kids and i was like no i just wanted to watch frozen 2 so i did um i've told you guys before on the show the story of me going to see toy story 3 by myself you sure and did oddly sitting with a mother and child so i love kids movies let's just like get that out kids movies are Same. just movies to me remove the kid out of the front and it's just a movie and <laughs> it is appropriate for q um so I thought this was a super interesting topic to discuss in that we're going to talk kids movies
1: that may be low key, actually for adults. Like I, I couldn't be more excited to do this. I, like I said, I feel like a kid again, being diving into researching and thinking about the movies that I loved as a kid that have deeper themes that resonate now. I I just, I can't wait to high five you guys and get this started. I was going to say, should we childlike high five? Like, take
2: our yes. tiny child-sized hands and high-five each other.
1: Yes. Should we high-five? High-five! 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 high son!
0: Woo! High-five!
1: Don't let me hang out.
2: Um, I'm so excited. This is a fun topic uh it is and I love Jay you and I prior to Mia joining the show which honestly feels like eons ago like now I can't imagine the show without Mia no way no Uh, way but prior to you and I or prior to Mia's joining the show you and I have have kind of touched on this topic before we've done like uh children's book adaptations we've done scariest children's movies um What qualified a movie, for both of you guys, Mia and Jay, what qualified a movie to be on your list as a child's movie that's low-key an adult movie?
3: The level of adult jokes, like the innuendos, um, stuff stuff like that mostly. And then also sometimes, uh, for me in particular, it was the art style. And whether or not Mm. it was... Potentially scary or intimidating
2: to watch. Sure. Right. Uh,
3: I definitely have some honorable yeah. mentions that I hope
1: we get to discuss. Can I ask oh, man. you a I question? have some honorable me mentions that, that yeah. match that exactly.
2: I don't want to like spoil anything that's on your list. So just give me a deer in the headlights look if I say a name that is on your list. But for you, for example, uh, you said adult jokes. Would like a Shrek fall under that category? Okay. So uh, that being said, that's kind of what, what I thought about too. Um, but I would love to hear if Jay is on that same brainwave because I kind of took mine in a different direction as well. So Jay, did you
1: were adult jokes I, a qualifier for you? I mean, yes, it was in the mix. I, I think I may be the odd one out a little bit more as I was looking at it as this was a movie that was produced with being shown to children in mind but the movie itself lends itself to a deeper themes, deeper stories. So it didn't it wasn't a matter of so much for me like, oh, did they stick in a lot of innuendo dick jokes that those those exist in my in my in my list. but it was more like, man, this movie is for kids, but it talks about things that I would not connect to unless I was 30. you know things like that. So I, I there were a lot where I kind of split the line and you know q you and i've had uh deep dive episodes into pixar where we think they they work on that level on purpose like they produce them with that intent and so i my list isn't all pixar movies i have i think i have like a one representative from them but i think they as a whole kind of grasp this concept of let's make a movie that on its face is for kids but at its core is lessons that you need as an adult and that's kind of where i got the balance. And again, I don't want to ruin anybody's list, but one that was an honorable mention for me that I do think encapsulates this idea is the iron giant. Like, obviously the iron giant is for kids, yeah. but you watch that movie and it's so much deeper than that. There are things that kids couldn't even begin to comprehend. So, and you know, that's purposeful, you know, mm-hmm. that's there for a reason. So though that was the, those were the type of films that I lean towards.
2: I I would actually say that I, I am on board with kind of both of you. Um, okay. I, most of the movies that are on my list, uh, I I really narrowed it down to movies like you said, Jay, that were created intent like for children, like marketed for children, but that ultimately either dealt with heavy themes, or. Right tiptoed into areas that even on some levels may be inappropriate for children, maybe right. like a misguided child's movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we missed right. the mark. I was shooting for five year old fans and really it should have been 35 year old fans. Right. Like,
1: you well, know what I mean, I think you made an interesting distinction too. Is like made for kids. Like their movies, like meet the feebles or sausage party that look like kids movies, but that's a right. gimmick. Right. Yeah. The intention is to be an adult's movie, but
2: feel like a kid's movie.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so but I, I well.
2: Same. Definitely same. Well, then I think we're all on board. I'm excited to hear this list. So I yeah, say we let's get to see. it. Is this, we the list? this is where we make a list. A list. No, three, two, list. All right. Mia. Yes.
3: My number five is
2: Zootopia. Ooh. Ooh. Oh snap!
3: Yeah, jingle.
2: Yeah. I don't know what I was trying to say. But...
3: <laughs> it's uh, combats what like xenophobia, sexism, racism. It's got all of it in there. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. In there. It is
1: super deep. I, I mentioned Pixar earlier. Um, I think Pixar is a great example of doing this, and Zootopia is uh one of their pristine examples of of. <laughs>
2: To be fair, quick question, theme. is yeah. Zootopia Pixar?
1: No, oh, it's I think Disney. zoot
2: It's Disney. It is Disney animation. Little, okay, it's, it's, their, it's their option. Not trying to be that guy. Yeah. But, no, no, but thank you, thank I you. I just like, wanna make sure. I
3: feel like Disney was like, you know what, Pixar? You know what? We're gonna outdo you
2: just this yeah. I see your <laughs> movies and I will raise
1: you. Uh, yes, yeah. I think they did it like though. Three
3: things at once, World Top Topics.
1: I, I yeah. think they did it. Zootopia is a, is a, a fantastic example of this.
3: Absolutely.
2: I find that interesting. Oh. I, I love it. I'm going to be totally transparent and say that movie didn't even enter into my head when really? making this list. Yeah. And I think mainly because I don't know I, when I watched it as an adult, I totally throughout the movie, like, while yes, it dealt with heavy themes. I thought they did it in a very carefully done way they did they did still felt very childlike like it's not like they came out I, I don't know how to describe it like it felt like they handled mature themes with the intention of teaching mature themes to children not necessarily yeah. um
1: kind of just having mature themes if that makes sense It it does make sense, and that that's a very gray area, fine line. I can see your point on that one for sure. I think I air more on Mia's side of the fence for it, but I definitely see that. I was just defending as to why it didn't pop into my head, and that's of course, of
2: course, kind of why.
3: We had a topic not too long ago, I think, about like betrayals, like like things you didn't see. Oh yeah, that's one of the movies that was on that list because the character that was actually the bad guy
1: they hit it pretty well
3: (laughs) oh i just remembered i was like oh my god that's right (laughs) you're not interesting
1: the interesting thing about that movie is they hide that twist so well because about (laughs) an hour and 10 minutes into that movie the movie takes a hard right turn oh yeah that i didn't see coming and that's one of the reasons i respect zootopia as much as i do um so yeah i yeah i'm with you on that one I love it. I like it's a
2: fantastic it. movie for sure. Hands down, no arguing with you there. Yeah. It is a fantastic movie.
1: I I actually similarly am gonna relate to you, Mia. So my number five also has a rabbit protagonist. Uh my number five is Who Frame Roger Rabbit.
3: That was on my honorable mentions. Oh, that's so
0: good.
1: I think, and and it's lower on my list. It's one of my favorite movies ever, but I think it's lower on my list because the idea of, is it for kids or is it for adults is very blurred. And Zemeckis, I think did that on purpose because it's a world about cartoons, but how adults see cartoons. But I watched it as a kid because there's not a lot of you know, offensive stuff in it, but there are mature themes like with the dip and Christopher Lloyd's performance as the bad guy. And the baby smoking the cigar and all that. Like it's definitely bridges that line. Yeah. But I wanted to start my list with it because I got introduced to it as a kid. I think all, most people who do see it, see it as a child, but mm-hmm. I really believe it's kind of more for adults. Yeah. Um, and so that, that one splits the line. And so that's why it's lower, but I couldn't talk about this topic without talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
2: I I love it. I think that is a super solid choice. Oh yeah. Uh, I would love to play Patty Cake with you later. Is all I'm saying. Wink, oh wink, please. Nudge nudge. Wink, wink. Um, Honeymoon. I can say uh, that it is not my number five. My number five, unfortunately, although I'd love to join the party, does not have a rabbit protagonist. Oh. Uh, although my number cold, five, though. that would that would be wild. Uh, my number five was like name checked in our initial conversations. And that's because my number five is The Iron Giant. Um, Such a good one. It yeah. really is. It's maybe one of Brad Bird's best movies. And um, he's got some good ones under his He belt. really does. But I will say this. The reason it's so low on my list is because out of my list of movies, it is probably the most kid friendly. Like it's the most like, unless you're looking at it with a lens of, wow, this is kind of heady material. You would watch that movie and just be like, this is a really good kids movie. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah. But it does deal with a lot of heavy themes. You know what I mean? And it takes mm-hmm. place in a time period in American history, which is kind of questionable, you know what <laughs> I mean? And they kind of deal with some of those socio political kind of, ideologies and the government versus you know kind of beatniks and like weirdos and then you also kind of deal with um a kid experiencing kind of loss and Mm -hmm. um it's it's a it's just a really good movie it's one that made i like you run the gamut of all the emotions right like i laughed i cried like oh yeah and hands down is probably vin diesel's best
1: performance (laughs) Well, I was going to say, if you didn't mention Vin Diesel, I was going to, because this is another example of Vin Diesel killing it as a voice actor. Like, really?
2: And, once again, pretty much using no
1: words. Monosyllabic.
2: Very much so. Like, he seems to emote best when he is confined to a limited vocabulary. Um, He can really make the same words over and over have... Totally different
1: context from one another. Um, well, that's why the uh, that's why Pitch Black that movie works so well because he barely talks that whole thing. He's just got glowing eyes, and you're just
2: like, "Wow, killer performance!" Love um, it. But it's a great movie. Harry Connick yeah. Jr. is awesome in that movie. Um, it's just a really great. It's a really great relatable yeah. story, but it definitely, definitely, definitely makes the list because it deals with those heavy themes. It is a, I agree. It is a sadder, darker movie at times. Yep. So yeah, I love it. Okay. Boom, starting off
1: strong. Keep us going Mia.
3: All right. My number four is Coraline.
2: Yeah.
1: Why did I not think of that movie? No,
3: I love it and we've watched it
1: like a thousand times. I love that
2: movie. You're the odd man out Jay because Coraline (laughs) is also my number four. Yeah. So good least twice we've done that. Wars, Q. I know. I love it. We're on the same wave.
3: Mm-hmm. For happening. It's kind of scary. It has, mm-hmm. it has. I would argue
2: it's very scary. Okay,
3: cool, cool. It's very scary. It <laughs> really I'm is. Watching it quite often. Whenever I do, I'm like, oh yeah, Coraline. Yeah, this is it. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> right. No, no. Um, I feel like, um, it combats in a more, adult, first off, Neil Gaiman is an incredible writer and I appreciate yes. the darkness that he brings to a lot of stories because yes. it's, it's one I can typically handle as a reader as and as someone who gets easily afraid. I can handle that level, that type of darkness that he brings to his stories, shows and, and movies. Um, but Coraline in particular, because it was done in the style it was done was more impactful than any of the live action things that I've watched that he has. Um, It it had the creepier vibe. It was Mm -hmm. the, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but the consequences and of the actions of Coraline were, I felt like they were more real than any of the consequences that I've seen in the shows and movies that are live action. It was, you could feel it more. I feel like because they got to got to play with colors in a very in-your-face way that it helped yeah. with, with your emotional reaction to what was going on. I just, it, I, it couldn't not be on my list. It had to be.
2: If I, to piggyback on that since we shared number four. Um, well, hey, how about this, it, guys? My list turned out
1: to be kind of fluid. Coraline's my number four. Oh my God, what? that's crazy. Who hey. knew? What a crazy coincidence. Because I, I've, I didn't, that movie didn't come into my head, but my God, if Laika isn't the a great studio to make kids movies for adults and Coraline may be one of their best for sure. examples of it. They, the the animation in it alone and just the opening scene where they're stop motioning a, a needle, a hand made of needles sewing a needle. Yes. It, it's like magic. Yes i i totally agree um so
2: what i was gonna say is i think one of the things that makes it feel so adult is one of those consequences that Coraline faces is death like
1: yes like
2: it's it's not in question that it's going to be physical pain and death that is her her you know, what she is combating. And I think in a child's movie, that is often not the case. Usually it's like something bad that's going to happen, but it's, uh, it's right. Or like, oh, you're going to go have to live with a family that you'll hate forever. And oh, that would suck. And you know, that kind of thing. But this is like Coraline is fighting for her life and the lives of others. And I think that that takes the, it it raises the consequences (laughs) really, really high. But not only that, I would argue out of the one of the few books that I have ever read in my life, I would argue that Coraline is not necessarily a children's book. Um,
3: I can agree with that.
2: It's just a Neil Gaiman story. Like it involves a child and it is about things happening to some children. But I think ultimately it is not a kid's book that was turned into a kid's movie but still inherently has all those things. And if we're, if we're talking like people who kind of guided that vision, you also have Henry Selleck directing it, who is famous for James and the giant peach. Also Mm -hmm. another kind of heady, dark, scary movie Uh, nightmare before Christmas. Also another one of, we know Mia's favorite movies. Um, But also the director of monkey bone which is a right. very what is one of my favorite movies but is also another and crazy. like crazy it is super crazy and looks like a child's movie at times but is very adult Well, um, and i think that's
1: one of the interesting things about Coraline is that to your point um henry selick and uh Laker and um uh neil gaiman sort of were like this perfect storm to kind of mm-hmm. merge together because the animation style of Claymation feels inherently childish. And the story is about a child. And we are just programmed to think that any movie that's about a kid is a kid's movie with few mm-hmm. exceptions. You have your boy in the striped pajamas. That's definitely no one would think it's a kid's movie, but about yeah. kids. But anytime we see a movie that's like, oh, well the kid is the protagonist. It's like, oh, this is like Harry Potter. And so yeah. to see a movie and a story like that—that that is not a a a kid story, but presented in a kid's way, where pretty much the only impactful character is a child. Because in most of kids' movies, the friend that she makes would be a buddy, friend, co-conspirator. Yeah. But why why born is not that at all? <laughs> he you is know. this creepy little stalker kid who comes into play at different points for Coraline's plot purposes yeah and it's about her so yeah i it's a long way of me saying i should have thought of that and it is now uh securely on my list yeah. well no what you mean is you did
2: think of that and it has been yeah. on your list the entire time Absolutely. that's what i meant that's what i meant that's what i meant I
3: perfect. Take what? terry hatcher's voice oh. for mother and other mother
0: oh, was man.
3: the perfect middle ground of mm-hmm. just creepy enough and just soothing enough.
2: Yeah. yeah. She if, is if, super creepy. But if I can put forward the dad, the other father,
1: <gasps> with no. arms, when he kind
2: of, oh my God, he, there is something so unsettling about the way he is depicted Yeah, that it, it like gives me the creeps watching it. I'm just like, yeah. ew, like that's so unnatural and weird. And I hate it. I go to the and I'll say, <laughs>
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> He's just so to no, the I- side, like so absent father, but like you kind of want him to be there, but you definitely don't want him to be there. I don't know. They do, they do. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, I, oh, yes, uh, I will say, and Coraline's one of those where um, our, young, our, our oldest daughter got addicted to that movie. We would watch it like every day. Oh, wow. And I can tell you, upon repeated viewings, it only gets better. Like it holds up. Oh, for sure. All- and it does not become grinding or grading to watch even on repeated viewings in, in the same week. So I can say that from personal experience. Okay. Agreed. All right, Mia,
2: that brings us to number no. three.
3: My number three is Princess Mononoke. Ooh. Mm.
2: I had
1: I had Howl's Moving Castle as one of my honorable mentions because I uh, we needed to talk about Miyazaki. Well. So can
2: I ask you guys as the resident person who has not seen any of the Miyazaki films? Okay. Uh I know that's people probably hate me for that. I know my kids do for sure. Um, (laughs) But are, because I've only seen trailers and clips are his movies, children's movies, or are they, just Miyazaki films that are animated and because they're animated they inherently feel like children's movies
3: that's uh, a rough answer to give you I know a lot of his protagonists are centered around like they're usually the famous yeah, ones anyway, so- are very female child focused um and they go out of yeah. their way not to have typically anyway love interests, and it's about growing and and so I feel like in their essence, because they are, are, you know, growing movies, like you, like you watch the character yeah. grow through the movie that For it sure. is a child movie. But I, I would just as e- easily agree that they're just Miyazaki films who happen to have kids at the yeah. center and are animated. I, I can agree with both.
1: Okay. Here, here's I, my take. I agree with Mia on this, but here, here's my take to go take it a little bit further is I think if you, you have to look at Miyazaki films, in the culture that they come from, because we kids' gloves are kids a lot with television and with the shows and the movies. And we've sort of blockbusterized children's movies in our culture. But if you look at other cultures like Indian cinema and, and specifically like Miyazaki films, they are designed for kids because all of the things that they go through is understanding that your parents are fallible, understanding your own, um, your own inner power, how to be strong and create friendships when you're lonely and you feel cut off from the world. One is a straight up adaptation of The Little Mermaid. So they are purposefully made for kids, but the level of sophistication and professionalism in the art style elevate it beyond that. To kind of be what Mia said, they're kind of just Miyazaki movies at this point. But I think the intention from him is for them to be children's experiences. Okay. And that was not intended to be a loaded
2: question in any way. It was more no, so I... just so I understand, because I do kind of get a mixed vibe when I see the trailer. I'm like, man, yeah. I don't know. Some of this doesn't necessarily feel like a kid's movie. You know what I mean? It feels like just an, a, a well done animated film.
3: There are some um, films, for sure, that are more adult, like Grave of the Fireflies and Nausicaä. Nausicaä is yeah. also female-focused and seems like it's a kid's mo- That is so very adult <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in terms okay. of what it, like, I don't, I can't imagine being five or ten years old and watching Nausicaä and being invested in it.
1: Yeah, got it. Okay, but like cool. neighbor, neighbor, Totoro, neighbor, neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Hell's Moving Castle, you definitely can. Because mm-hmm. there are elements that, even as a kid, you can grab onto the story and the characters. And
2: so I apologize, because I feel like I derailed us. Your mm-hmm. choice was Princess Mononoke? My,
3: my choice was yeah. Princess Mononoke. And I picked it for a couple of reasons. I picked it, one, because it's, it's about um, animals and humans and gods. They're, they're all living together. And at some point, they lose harmony. And one of them, as it's traveling, they say it's a he, but as, as is traveling, um, everything starts falling apart. And the art style of this one is scarier to me than a lot. Like, even though they're all pretty much the same, when it came to how the animals were drawn, this one has how the monsters were yeah. drawn, it was, I watched it as as a teenager. So not quite a child, not quite an adult, I was a teenager and I was, it, it was very uncomfortable to watch Because, like, you saw the death happening in front of you. The uh, the music that he used going with some of the scenes only amplified the the kind of creepy factor that was going on. It was very. It's a very intense movie. It's not the one that I would suggest watching first. You you got (laughs) to get five movies in before you watch that one. But it does have a kids theme about it. Yeah, kids wanting to save the world. Hello. all right
2: so quick question for me and un- unwatched uh miyazaki what movie from both of you should be the first miyazaki film that i should watch just your knee-jerk reaction of like if you're going to watch one
1: first it should be this either spirited away or howl's moving castle i was going to
3: say spirited that, away or my neighbor
1: i Toto. think those are the those are the well then the, i think three spirited,
2: spirited away best. has it then yeah because you both that was one of your options. Okay. So I'm going to
1: watch Spirited Away. Okay. And that's got a friend of the show, Jason Marston in it. Oh, that's right. He plays haiku, right? Yeah, he does. I don't know what uh, that is, but cool. He's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet. So awesome. Yes. He's a dragon and a boy. <laughs> okay. A boy dragon. Perfect. A boy dragon. Yeah. Um, uh, Jay, man. what do you got? I actually love it because my number three, I was juggling between a couple and How's Moving, Castle*. Miyazaki was one of them. The one I ended up going with because my number three, I think represents that the gray area the best and it's Martin Scorsese's Hugo. <gasps> I think Hugo was advertised as a kid's film. I think it was designed and animated, sort of like 1010 in a kid's yeah. style. But I don't think Martin Scorsese had any intention of making a movie for kids. It's about his love of cinema, which obviously you know connects with me. It's a gorgeous movie. It's extremely well directed. It's the only time Martin Scorsese has really dived into animation, and it was, a, you know, it's a good one and done, in my opinion. Um, and it is, while on the surface, everything about it feels like a kids movie. It's this orphan, and he lives in a train station, and he falls in love with this, and he's running from security guards it is an adult movie about an adult looking back on his childhood and how he fell in love or in a, you know, a sense of how someone can fall in love with their passion. And I love that. I love, uh, it works on a lot of different levels and Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about that movie in a while, but the more I started thinking about it for this topic, I was like, yep, yep. Checks that box. Yep. Yep. Oh man. I need to watch this movie again. So that is a
2: movie that I, I will agree. I think I need to watch again. It's been, I haven't seen it since it first came out. Um, it it covers uh what's the director's name George Millieu 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 yeah uh Mil-new. he's the he's famous for doing the From Earth to the Moon the mm-hmm. like uh, trip to rocket the in the eye of yeah. trip to the moon um I do remember like pieces of that movie and I'm pretty sure they show like some pretty cool like behind the scenes mm-hmm. of him like yep. making some of his films and it seems magical and wild um, yeah. That is a movie I want to see again. Also, I just like all I remember are like pieces. I know he's involved in yep. it. I know that there's a robot boy at some point. Some like point, a steampunk yep. robot. I know that Chloe Grace Moretz is in it. Yep. And I know that it takes place at like turn of the century uh yeah. Europe or France or something. Yeah. So now, it's, I
3: just need to watch it. Big it is it is really me. good.
1: Yeah. But and I I've think only it, watched I it think think once. In this, in this topic, it just sort of fits perfectly in the center for me. I like that. I super like that. Well, my number three has already been
2: talked about on this list, uh, but I'll add to it. My number three is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yay! Um uh, <laughs> It's higher on the list for me because in my mind, I did see it as a kid. And as a kid, I totally saw it as a kid's movie. Like I watched it and it 100% functioned on that level for me. And then then as an adult, I rewatched it and it totally functioned as an adult movie for me and not necessarily a kid's movie. So I saw it from two very different like vantage points. Um, And the fact that, I didn't feel like an adult watching a kid's movie when I watched it as an adult. And as a kid, I didn't feel like a kid watching an adult movie. That blew my mind. Like it can operate on two different levels like that. Um, And you know, there are definitely things that by today's standard would be argued as like highly inappropriate for a child's movie. Just a rabbit as a character is probably (laughs) slightly inappropriate for, you know, maybe at its core right um but it also worked as like a pretty solid like gumshoe detective story you know what i mean like it it really like operates on all these levels but you have the added bonus of it taking place in a part cartoon world with maybe some of the or not maybe with some of the most famous cartoon characters kind of surrounding it you have mickey mouse you have uh roger rabbit you have bugs bunny you have daffy duck like you literally have like the pantheon of children's heroes it was like like, a
1: lego movie or a um or uh oh shit Uh, it was like a lego movie or ready player one that was uh you know before before then yeah and it's, and it's wild and it's a
2: great movie. It's one of my be- favorite Bob Hoskins roles. Um, yes. And I found out later, I didn't realize that it's actually based off of a book and that. Oh, book, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah. That book is not a children's book. It is. Is it, it's told as a gumshoe novel. Oh, fun. Just it has s- cartoons in it. <laughs> that has cartoons in the world. Um. And so then it was developed as like a, a kid's movie. Cause you know, Hollywood, right. big Hollywood sees cartoons right, right. and they're like, oh, that's a kid's movie category. Um, and then Robert Zemeckis was like, yeah I guess it'll be a kid's movie but I'm gonna put a bunch <laughs> of shit in there too. So yeah, that's fine. It's totally a kid's movie. I think it's um, interesting
3: that when you guys watched it you guys saw it as kids and thought it was a kid's movie. I watched it as a child and I totally thought it was an adult movie. Oh really? really? Yes, I, ne- I- I I mean, I feel like if I watch it now, I'll think of it as a kid's movie. But when I watched it as a child, it felt so scandalous to me because I was like, I got to watch an adult movie. It it just happened to have (laughs) cartoons to me.
1: Well, and that's, I think, I think that's that's the trick it plays is it is an adult movie, but it has and features prominently cartoons. So your brain's like, yeah, kid's movie.
2: And I'm gonna be honest, if if either one of you have like watched classic Looney Tunes growing up, which I did, mm-hmm. like I used to watch oh, yeah. a bunch of the the like classic Looney Tunes, those often incorporated what yeah. now are like very adult material. Yeah. yeah. But as a kid, my I was programmed through watching those that like oh big boobed jessica rabbit that's just a funny take on a girl like there's nothing yeah. scandalous about that Tee-hee. that's just hilarious
1: Look you know how pretty so this rabbit's a... wife is yeah
2: right ha, ha 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 so as a kid i saw it like that but as an adult i'm like whoa this is a little scandalous a little racy like some, like they're saying some stuff here the whole patty cake game i'm as a kid i'm like oh that's hilarious like they're playing hand games i've done that yeah. And then as an adult, I'm like, they're playing patty cake.
1: Got it. You know, He's like squeaky, 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 squeaky. He's jumping on the bed.
2: Exactly. So there's a lot of like, I definitely saw it in two. To, the only part as a kid that made me feel like, whoa, this is intense is hands down.
1: Christopher Lloyd at the end.
2: Oh yeah. Oh his reveal God. is that shit's scary as fuck. Like it's so just, scary. <laughs>
1: It's when just he gets really, up after the steamroller. Oh.
2: Yeah. oh man. And his like, eyes turn into daggers. <gasps> like, Oh my God. Like that shit's crazy. When he does his like crazy scream, uh, like that whole, all of that is really off-putting, but I, I just thought, wow, this is a scary kids movie as a kid. You know what I mean? Like it never no. entered into my well, head. I like
1: mean, I'm watching a Ursula is, movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Ursula is big and scary at the end of Little right. Mermaid. Like there are villains are scary.
2: You're right um so yeah so that's why it it ended up at a, the number three spot for me is because it, it held up so well on both levels at both ages it um does. so it's perfect i say we take a quick commercial break we hear from some sponsors and then we hurry back and uh and keep going down this nostalgia lane
1: Guzzle Wuzzle Cherry Flavored chilies. Guzzle Wuzzle Cherry Flavored It tastes chilies. like cherries It's Guzzle Wuzzle Kizzle Fizzles cherries. But, but you all want th- the fizzles of guzzles and guzzles in your fizzles with cherries and chilies It tastes like meat
2: Guzzle <laughs> Wuzzle Cherry Flavored Somethings It has fruit and meat That's weird Guzzle <laughs> fuzzles Chili Flavored ch- Cherries It's real spicy cherry, Guzzle Wuzzle It burns my nostrils Get it
1: Wuzzle cherries,
2: Chili
0: <laughs> Are you tired of Looking at your comic books
1: Or can you just not For reasons that Might be Very sad But We have Daredevil Audio comics Narrated to you In the vibrancy Of Technicolor Let's listen to a selection.
2: So, the Batman walked the streets. You could see all of the visualness of Gotham before him. It was colorful, and there were many people and random pedestrians that were drawn into the panel. And also, there were word bubbles. Bloop, 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 bloop. bloop. It's a dark night. (laughs) I don't really know how I'm
1: going to fight crime tonight. You'll see selections like that and think to yourself, it's weird that Batman is in the first panel of a Daredevil comic, considering they're different universes. So we'll listen to another selection just to show you how this goes. Let's listen in. Wolverine
2: (laughs) ran in from the side. Snick, snick, claws came out, and he stabbed stabbed Superman straight in the chest, and it was gross, there was blood everywhere.
1: And so, when you listened, just think, Daredevil, audio comics, as read
0: by my uncle who doesn't read comics.
2: Yeah, and then there was that one episode where the Dill were there, and it was cool, and Batman... All right, and we are back, and that means Mia, it is time for you to take us into our number two choices. What you
3: got? My number two is Willy Wonka.
1: Oh, good one! Oh, I was wondering nice. if he was going to have a roll nice. Like you yeah. mentioned, uh, uh, Q mentioned James and the Giant Peach earlier. Roll doll was good at this, like making kids books that weren't kids books. Yeah.
3: No, I. I wish I would have remembered James and the Giant Peach because that one also scared me a little bit.
2: (laughs) It's a little weird.
3: It is. The Willy Wonka, I feel like, encapsulates everything that adults are supposed to see and everything that children are supposed to see. And that, like, as a child watching it, I would have never known that this man was actually a serial killer. (laughs) I never would have known that. I never would have gotten that. Um, I, I, but in both, I prefer the first iteration of it.
1: I agree. I was gonna say uh, that I, I don't say I don't mention the Tim Burton one very much.
2: Can I? Can I say I want to put forward to add on to your thing? Yeah, it's not on my list at all. But I have a thought about this movie. Sure. Would do you think that it is specifically Gene Wilder's performance in the movie? That makes it feel like a more adult movie. Like he, I personally feel like Gene Wilder didn't play it like he's in a kids' movie. He played it like he's in a subversive dark comedy. You know what I mean? And I, you, yeah. and so if you take him out of that movie, does it still, in like insert, let's throw Johnny Depp in there even. Like if you yeah. take him out of that movie, does it still feel like an adult movie or does it then, especially the older one, does it then just feel like a weird sixties kind of comedic kids
1: movie? Kids romp.
3: Watching right. it as a child. I actually thought it was Gene Wilder who made it a kids movie.
1: Cause he's it. like wacky, or
3: Yes. I did not think that it was the kids at all. I thought the Oompa Loompas added to him, but I ne- like I thought it was supposed to be a kids movie because it's candy and kids. Right, but it was actually watching him because it he. I can see what you're saying, but in my memory as a child, I saw a man filled with wonder. Right. That's what I saw. And that's what made it a kid's movie for me. I think me. that's
2: just interesting because as a kid, yeah. I saw it kind of the opposite. I saw mm-hmm. a man on the edge. Like I saw kind of a manic person. I, the whole movie. I'll split
1: I'll split the difference of you guys. When I watched it as a kid, I saw it exactly as Mia described it. Was this guy who ran a candy factory and he was eccentric and a kid at heart and everything, everything. But as I got older and when I watch it as an adult, having the experiences, not only life experiences, but understanding acting performances. Mm-hmm. Now, when I watch it and I see the Gene Wilder, you know, singing his song in the, in the tunnel and sort of kind of losing his mind on accident. And then especially the scene at the end when he is in business mode, those two scenes are like, I think Gene Wilder's doing something a bit more here and I never thought of it in that way, Q, but that's a very interesting take.
2: That if you like removed him from it, does it still have that sense of menace? Or does it just become like if you insert an actor who is just playing like a childlike, like, I'm Willy Wonka. And then like he can John still have that like, right. He can still have that like angry scene at the end, but does it feel less menacing without that particular performance? Ooh. And maybe the chicken getting its head cut off in the tunnel scene—that was pretty weird and menacing.
3: I didn't even remember that part.
2: Yeah, yeah. during I, the tunnel scene, there's a lot of just like weird random footage that's like flashed up, and one of them is a chicken shit. legitimately getting its head chopped off with a butcher knife. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, I I totally dig that choice though, because like I said, Roll Doll was great about capturing that like child's viewpoint in one hundred percent agreed.
3: World. Yeah.
2: 100% agreed. I mean, even, even going into movies like uh, Matilda or yeah. The mm-hmm. Witches, you know, those mm-hmm. are definitely like, a great example. for sure. The Witches is definitely, uh, Haley had never seen that movie and we watched it and that movie is full of all sorts of like existential dread and bad circumstances for children. You know,
1: uh, since we mentioned it, that's an honorable mention officially. That's a good one. People should go watch that. Not the new <laughs> one. We're not talking about the Anne Hathaway one. We're talking oh, about Lord, the no. Angelica Houston one. The good one.
2: Yes.
3: Okay. I wrote it oh.
1: down. Oh, good. Uh, all right. Okay. Jay. Well, Mia, I'm actually going to share one that was on your list because my number two is Zootopia.
3: I knew it. Wow.
1: And So, so, high. And, so high. I know. And but, but, but Q, let me explain because I heard your point earlier and I totally... Acknowledge it and and can see that viewpoint. Let me tell you exactly why I put this one so high on my list. Is I think everything about Zootopia is for kids. Like the character design that's coming from Disney, the story of what it is, you know, kind of, I think all of that is designed to be a kid's movie. But the fact that the movie takes such a hard right turn in act three to become about xenophobia and discrimination and like themes that, while I I, I totally acknowledge your point earlier Q of saying they're themes that are mature, that are being introduced to kids. I truly believe with every fiber of my being that the writers of that movie were like, this is something adults need to hear right now. Especially in like 2014, when that movie came out, we were in the throes of all of that. So the final 20 minutes of that movie for me in the core of when they kind of bring the and say, this is what the story is about. Everything in that act to me is focused on be a better adult for your kids. Mm-hmm. And that to me is why it was so high is because I really think that it was a movie for kids that they snuck adult themes into knowing adults would have to watch it with their kids. And flat out, it's a great movie. I mean, look at the casting Idris Elba, um Jason oh why can't why am I blanking on his name um Jason um
2: Bateman Bateman
1: thank you Jason Jason Bateman uh Jennifer Goodwin not child's actors not voice actors really no professional adult themed based actors and so I don't so for me and and we I I I debated putting another Disney like soul is I would recommend highly for people because I I still haven't seen that that yet so don't spoil it Okay. No spoilers, but it's Inside great. Out is another. Inside Out, what I have on my background, and I've talked yeah. about Inside Out a million times, so I didn't want that one to be. Inside Out and Soul are the same caliber of Pixar movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. But yeah. All uh, right. Zuchel, all yeah. right. Man, it's perfect. Fit the bill. Yeah.
2: So my number two is nowhere near any of those. My number two is way out of left field. My okay. number two is Return to Oz. <gasps> We've talked about that before. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. Listen, I'm a big fan of Return to Oz for multiple reasons. Feruzabalk Balk is in that movie. She is awesome. Um, but one of the things that struck me as a kid that made it not feel like a children's movie is that the movie opens with her committed to an insane asylum and essentially having yeah. to stave off electroshock therapy and she escapes and ends back up in the world of oz it's and basically sucker punch it like it really really it better sucker yeah. punch yeah. um but that movie for me and it deal it's it's got a much more menacing villain you've got princess mombi um mm. and she can take off her head and she keeps a collection of beautiful villagers that she has decapitated them and has all of their heads in glass cases and just switches heads at at will so she always feels beautiful um so you've got that you've got uh the fact that all of this this village of oz the city of oz has been turned to stone like she has essentially murdered everyone um and you have this little girl who is at risk of losing her head to princess mombi which ultimately ends up as kind of a um a uh, analogy for her losing her mind and them electroshock therapying her into like a submissive lobotomized mm-hmm. person right um And one of her friends also tries to escape and dies in the escape, drowns, and becomes in Oz this fabled princess who has been lost. Nice. So it deals with all these, like, really intense, scary themes, but is definitively, like, you watch this movie and you go, Disney put this out. To be a children's movie, like in their mind, this is 100% a kid's movie, but what's happening is like eighties cocaine fueled, like in dark insanity.
3: Yeah. And,
2: uh, it also, any, anytime I have an opportunity to reference the late great Will Vinton, who is the godfather of claymation animation in my, in my mind, um, and also founder of Leica Studios. Prior, Mia. One day we'll have to go down this whole yeah, well, rabbit so hole. I have we'll do a whole. To have I, have, we'll do a whole I have feelings on, on Will Venton and how he like lost his his uh, company. It's wild, but he he does the claymation for um, the Mountain King in this, who is like or uh, who is essentially like a talking humanized mountain um, mm. made of stone. Um, This is a really great movie. Super scary, super weird, super off putting. Deals with really dark, scary shit for a kid.
1: Um, Yeah. Okay. Return to Oz, number two. Man. I'm excited about number ones. I know.
2: Same. What you got, man? Same, 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 same.
3: My number one is Shrek. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is. First off, it came it came out prime time, like middle school time for me. That's so
1: when you need think, to watch Shrek.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I I'm thinking like all all varieties of jokes happen in this movie.
0: Totally, all of
3: them, all of them that I was aware of at the time. Anyway, and so it's just some of you may die, but that is a price I am willing to make. <laughs> it's just
1: John. John Lithgow, whatever you can say about that movie, the casting is really good. Like Eddie Murphy, oh, John Lithgow, anything John Lithgow's in, I'm a big fan of. He is great yeah. in it. Mike Myers, I would have loved for it to be Chris Farley as it was originally intended.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but Mike Myers is, is great at it. I, that was one of those that came out and I remember being like, wow, this is just like the anti-Disney. He's going to do everything that Disney doesn't want to do.
3: Basically, I just feel like it, it was, it had to be on my list. But then I thought to myself, what is the first movie I ever watched that felt like? Well, maybe this isn't a kids' movie.
1: That <laughs> one fits like the bill. I'll give you that.
3: So to the left, and Shrek. Shrek was the first one <laughs> without without really even having to think about it. So that's my number one.
1: I, I like it. that. All right, <laughs> so, Jay. Oh, my number one is sort of the blend of everything I've been talking about. It's a movie that I think is, you know, inherently for both adults and kids. I think it's a fantastically technical movie. It's a director I love, but I, my number one is The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. I think Wes Anderson's take on that kids' book, and it is a, it's a kids' book. And he adapted, it's a PG rated movie. There's no, there's nothing offensive in the movie really, unless you don't like animals getting hurt, which is kind of the core of the movie, but no one really dies. No, But it deals with the themes of like not feeling as good as you need to be or parents who are, you know, favoritist towards their kids or their kids' friends and expectations. And it's just, it has everything in it that I think a good, kids movie needs to have but Mm -hmm. the the stop motion animation is brilliant the voice acting is incredible Wes Anderson it's my favorite of his two stop motions I loved Isle of Dogs but this one's way stronger I think so for me the movie that splits the the bill of it's a kids movie and it's an adult movie and it works for both and is fantastic across the entire spectrum is the fantastic Mr. Fox that's my number one
2: I uh I really like that I really do um, so my number one, I don't know if either one of you have seen, I very rarely find people who have seen this movie, but it is my life as a cucumber. I have that got an Oscar a couple years ago, uh, 2016, uh, and it is an, a, a stop motion animated film about a child with an alcoholic abusive mother who he in a sad series of events leads to causing her death. And then he is taken into an orphanage and it's basically dealing with all of those adult themes um, in a very adult way, but told with not only awesome, awesome, awesome stop motion animation, but an awesome voice cast, Elliot Page, uh, you've got Nick Offerman, Will Forte, like mm-hmm. you've got some real like standout actors, but the movie yeah. itself is, is definitely geared towards kids and like attempting to explain some really difficult situations and stories, but it's told on such an adult
1: level. Yeah. Um, that it had to be my number the one. This... It's almost a flip. Did you ever see that movie, Mary and Max a handful of yes. years ago? Yes. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's yes. the same type of thing, but I think that one skews way adult.
2: Definitely. Definitely. And this feels like it was trying to tell a very adult story on a kid level, but it's still, I mean, you're dealing with alcoholic parents who he essentially pushes his mother down a flight of stairs and she dies. And like, that's heavy. That's like some heavy like shit for a kid. So for me, it is the most like low key adult movie. That's for children, you know?
1: And everyone
2: should watch it. So I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Like, yeah, that's a great recommendation.
2: So that's my number one. I also want to throw out there, this is totally a side note and unrelated. I need both of you when you get an opportunity to go Google search John Dillermond Okay. Uh, it is a new animated series, I believe it's Danish in origin. Uh, Dillermond in Danish translates to John PP Man. This is the dude with the weird penis, and he has a prehensile penis which gets him into trouble. And it is a children's show, and we should all revel in
1: it. I, I shared it via our oh, high man. five page, oh, I think. Wow. It's insane.
2: It is insane. Oh. But I just honorable weird mention, super adult in concept, but somehow <laughs> is a like
1: legitimate children's show. Oh, ridiculous! John PP Man.
3: I just looked that up.
1: <laughs> all right. How? So we all share different number ones. So how yeah. do we put together this collective five? Do we each pick our number ones and then try and figure out other things that go on there? Like, what do we do? Did we have any that were shared? Zootopia was shared. Yes. Zootopia was shared and we all had Coraline as number four.
3: Yes.
2: All right, so Coraline and Zootopia should definitely are on the list no matter what.
3: Um, Yeah.
2: I would almost argue this. Uh, Mia, you had Zootopia as five, right?
3: Correct.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And Jay, you had it at two, two, right? And then we all had Coraline at four. Mm -hmm. Correct. How would you guys feel about Zootopia being four and Coraline being three? because I feel like us all collectively having it earns yeah. it a spot up, but you both were very split on
1: like how high it should be. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, and Coraline I think is, is one that everyone should see. So we have one, two and five left. All right. And we both had who framed Roger Rabbit. I think that should be Ooh. a collective five maybe. Yeah. I That's where I had it. And I agree. So then
2: really it's just our two and ones that we need to try and sort.
3: Coraline is three just
2: to. Yes. Uh, Coraline is three. Correct. I I would really, really like to, because I don't feel like enough people have seen it. I'd really like to make an argument for return to Oz to be on this list somewhere. Like I really would. It's a, it's, it's shocking that the movie even exists
1: it to be totally honest. Like how about this? Let me make this proposal. How about we put return to Oz as three and then bump Coraline up to two since we all shared it. So collectively, I'd be fine with that. And as long as that's on the list, I
2: will concede my number one to whatever the best collective choice is. That's a movie that I just feel super passionately about. And I want it on the list. It's one of my favorites. It's so How do you strange. F- How do you feel about that, Mia?
3: Uh, I I actually I'm I'm about all of the choices currently.
1: Okay. So okay. all we have left is our number one. Um which is which is tough because what do we think is the best? What do we have?
2: Mia, what was your number one? Greg. <laughs> and what was yours, Jay? Fantastic, Mr. Fox. And mine was Life is a Cucumber. I'll take mine out of the running. Because I think... But everyone should see that one. They should. But I will say, ultimately, when push comes to shove, mine is out of those three movies, mine is the least children-friendly. Like, I think the other two were aimed specifically more towards children. And if I have to be really honest, I think only one of those two is really geared towards children, and that's Shrek. Like, if I'm being honest... Just because, Probably. like, it, it spawned four sequels, it they've done with Shrek exactly what you would do with a tentpole children's movie, and that is, you know, inundate kids with toys and things. But also, they've made right. really inappropriate dick jokes the whole time. So that's my only thought on that. But I do really like the Fantastic Mister Fox, but. I think you would be hard pressed to find enough children that have actually seen that movie. I think more adults went to go see Fantastic Mr. Fox than kids.
1: I I would agree. I just have a a personal it hurts. to know Shrek is number one. I know, (laughs) but I'd be fine with Coraline being number one since we all. Why don't we
3: make Coraline number one and Shrek number two?
1: I'm okay with that. I I can live with with that that because. Coraline yeah. is really good.
2: Yeah, I I feel good about that.
1: All right, read it. Read us we back the even, list. let's see we all feel good.
2: Yeah. Okay. Read us the list. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Top five kids movies for adults. Number five, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Number four, Zootopia. Number three, Return to Oz. Number two, Shrek, and number one, Coraline.
2: I think it's pretty good. Uh, you guys have uh, to remember we're ranking children's movies here. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, these aren't like Oscar, like none of these movies are Oscar <laughs> award winning films. So uh, that's like, you know, there's gotta be some leeway. They are kids movies. We just, yes. I think
1: Zootopia we, won an Oscar.
3: I, yeah, I was just that, about to argue that.
2: Was it a best animated?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think okay. best song maybe. I forget it. It was maybe it it should be number one. Uh, No, I'm I'm okay with it being. I mean, I'm okay with with the list. I think that you know we could we could you know pull hairs and split hairs, but I think this is good. I think this is represented. Is that a Zootopia joke? Is that a rabbit (laughs) joke? It is. It is.
2: Uh, All right, guys. Well, that's your list. Go check it out if you want to watch kids' movies and tickle your adult funny bone at the same time these movies are the ones for you uh in the meantime always 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 go check out project-nerd.com your resource for the nerdiest goodness across the interwebs (laughs) including an entire new slate of podcasts hitting the air all month of february and beyond go check out project-nerd on youtube we've got a whole bunch of new series coming your way everything from you know if you love movies and behind the scenes you'll like that if you like unboxing stuff you'll like that literally there's something for everyone so go check it out uh as always please subscribe to our patreon we could use some monies and monies helps us make the funnies so give us your monies and uh subscribe tiers start at three dollars and you get all sorts of bonus episodes there it is super easy um outside of that uh yeah get out of here i guess go clean your room
0: we have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode it's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching if the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my5 at high5thepodcast.com That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on twitter at high the number five the podcast instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes stitcher google play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love what's the worst that could happen